Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to r slash pro revenge. Now, in today's first story, a horrible translator gets fired in the best way possible. How I got our translator fired. I was working a job that had me operating in one of our offices overseas We would have business expenses and those receipts would be in the language of the country we were in obviously Those expenses were for things like printer ink office equipment cleaning services marketing costs all pretty standard stuff Well around this time we got a new vp over our region who worked out of a head office in la This VP came up with the brilliant idea to hire a translator to translate all of the receipts to make sure we weren't sneaking in BS. Fair enough. However, the issue that arose was that we had to send our expenses to the translator who would translate the receipt then submit for reimbursement. The problem was this translator was a real Karen type. She would demand better scans of the receipts, oftentimes after we'd already thrown it away. She would argue if we really got the best deal on whatever we bought. I remember in one transaction on about $200 of ink cartridges, she asked me why I didn't order online from this common website, to which I said they were out of stock at the time and we needed the ink so we bought from a local store. To which she said, I was spending too much money. To which I said, it's none of your concern. Your job is to translate the receipts. To which she said, if I want her to submit my expenses, I need to be nice to her. And then I said, she needs to learn her place. She's a translator, not a VP that gets to instruct me what to do. After this encounter, she started being extra difficult with my expenses. So one day I came into the office early to call her and try and work things out. She basically told me that I screwed up by annoying her and she expected my expense reports to be perfect or she wouldn't submit them unless they were. I told her if she keeps this up, she won't have a job much longer. She laughed and wished me well and hung up. A few months later, we had our annual meeting in LA and after the meeting, we were at a bar and I walked up to RVP and started up a conversation. I steered the conversation to expenses and I asked him how much in monthly expenses did he typically reimburse us for in the country we worked out of. He said about $3,000 to $4,000. I acted surprised and asked, is that all? He goes, yeah. To clarify, that $3,000 to $4,000 is the typical spend and he said, yeah, it rarely gets above $4,000. So I asked him about how Karen, our translator, is doing. He says she's doing a good job and I nod my head and I go, how much fraudulent expenses has she caught? It's important to note, every employee that was submitting expenses was well paid. They'd be awfully stupid trying to skim some extra dollars via fraudulent expense reports. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you hired her to ensure all the expenses you were reimbursing us for are legitimate, right? Her job is to translate them for you, correct? He says it is and i ask so is it safe to presume you've done that to ensure people aren't submitting bs expenses he says you could say that i smile and ask so how much in fraudulent expenses has she actually caught 
He thinks for a moment and goes, I don't think she's caught any. So I ask, and how much do we pay her? He says it depends on her workload, but between two and a half thousand to three thousand a month. I smile and ask, does it really make sense to pay someone three thousand dollars a month to translate three thousand dollars in receipts? Well, she ensures we aren't getting fraudulent expenses. And I counter, well, you said she hasn't counted any in the last nine months, and the expenses are always between three to four thousand dollars. So as long as the expenses stay in that range, wouldn't it be safe to assume that the expenses are legitimate? And couldn't you bring on a translator on a contract basis if they get out of hand? He sees my points. And imagine the cost savings. We'd probably save over $40,000 a year. That's a good chunk of change, isn't it? The VP tries to defend his position, but she does a good job. And I counter, but you could frame this as you've saved us 40k a year and created a baseline to judge expenses by. Cutting costs is always good for the bottom line and the end of year bonuses, isn't it? FYI, I knew that a major percentage of a VP's comp package with the company had to do with the company's margin at the end of the year. The bigger the margin, the bigger the bonus. You can see the twinkle in his eye. We carry on with the rest of the night, and a few weeks later, we get an email from the VP saying that we are to submit all our expenses directly to the admin for reimbursement, and that we have let go of Karen. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you guys, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this post in its entirety. I don't really feel like any of this was really necessary. Yeah, the translator was being annoying and she was probably making your job way harder than it needed to be. And she was going on and on about, you know, it has to be done perfectly and all this stuff and probably wasn't adding too much value to the company and all. But I don't really think it was your job or your role to necessarily get rid of her. It's a bit of a shame. I guess if she is making the job of the the majority of employees worse or more difficult, then yes, that is an issue and to be fair the way you went about it was very very well done i've got to say op but you know a little nudge to the little nudge to your vp saying you could be making some money out of this you know we're losing quite a lot of money on this woman who really isn't actually offering that much to the company um so i understand it from that point of view it just seems harsh to, to fire someone who was doing their job yes they were doing it a little bit too well and they probably thought they were a bit too you know big for their boots and all but yeah it seems a little bit harsh to, to get rid of her just because it was annoying you a little bit i don't know maybe i'm wrong guys maybe i'm wrong on this one as always uh, your comments are much more valuable than mine so let me know down in the comments below what you think am i you know off my rocker am i talking a load of rubbish let me know i want to hear your thoughts now moving on to our next post how my grandpa became the owner of a gas station or garage My family immigrated America in the 1880s and settled in Nebraska. We were farmers for the first 80 years or so, but back in the 1960s, my great-grandma decided she was going to sell the entire farm before she died and simply give her sons a third of the money for inheritance when she passed. She had three sons. In 1969, my great-grandma passed and her three sons inherited the money she had earned from selling the farm. My grandpa decided he would basically let that money sit until after he retired from the military. In 1971, he deployed to Vietnam for his second and final deployments. At the end of his deployment... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
equipments, he returned to Nebraska and retired after 22 years in the service. Now, he had an old Chevy truck at the time and was in the process of building a concrete business with the money he had gotten from his inheritance. Well, during this time, his truck engine blew up. My grandpa was busy at the time and he didn't want to fool with the truck because he was busy. So he bought himself the engine he wanted to replace it with, which was an upgrade. And he went down to the only garage in town and asked them if they'd be willing to put the engine in the truck. They agreed on a price and told him to come back in a week or so. A week later, my grandpa comes back and picks up the truck. Now he admits he felt like a fool for not double checking the work, but he assumed since this was the son of his friend that the son would do right by him. This was a small town. Well, my grandpa opens up his concrete business and he's busy and it comes time for his first oil change. This is about four months after he got the truck back. He's doing the oil change and he notices that the engine he bought isn't the engine in his truck. It's a smaller engine. This obviously angers him off to high heaven, as my grandma liked to say. So he storms on down to the garage and talks to the shop. Earl was the owner. Earl comes out and denies any wrongdoing, says he did as he was told, and it shouldn't have taken him four months to bring the issue up. My grandpa tells Earl he needs to do what's right. Earl refuses. It's important to note this is a small town. Written contracts and so forth really aren't a thing. Your worth is your word. My grandpa tells Earl he's going to get him for this. Earl laughs and tells him to leave his shop. My grandpa goes down to the county and requests the record for who owns that gas station. It turns out it's an old family friend named Harold. My grandpa stops by Harold's house and starts inquiring about the business deal Harold has with Earl. Harold says, well, Earl rents the gas station from him. My grandpa asks Harold, how is everything going? And Harold confides that Earl hasn't paid his rent in two months. My grandpa asks, do you have a written lease with Earl? To which Harold goes, nah, I sure don't. My grandpa then asks, well, what if I bought the gas station from you? Harold isn't completely on board with the idea, but my grandpa makes a strong point. Earl isn't paying his rent. Harold doesn't seem like he has much interest in being a landlord anymore. And my grandpa has the cash to buy the place outright. Harold, sensing something is up, asked my grandpa, did Earl do something to you? You seem awfully interested in this garage. Aren't you busy with the concrete business of yours? And my grandpa fills Harold in on the story. My grandpa also mentions that he has a son, my father, who needs something to do. And he'd be happy to buy the whole building from Harold for a fair price. And what happens after that is his business. Also, it's important to note, when Harold decided to rent this business to Earl, in that deal went all the equipment and tools that Harold had acquired over the years, so those belonged to the building. Harold and my grandpa came to a number that they both agreed on. A few days later, my grandpa paid Harold in cash, in full for the business. The paperwork is done, and my grandpa is now the proud owner of a gas station and mechanics shop. Now my grandpa senses that Earl is not going to be pleased when my grandpa fires Earl. So for extra good measure, my grandpa calls up the local sheriff, who is a high school friend, and asks the sheriff to come with him to break the news to Earl. So my grandpa and the sheriff go down to Earl's now former business and they walk in. And before my grandpa could even say hello, Earl says, Now I told you, I didn't cheat you. My grandpa smiles and says, I'm not here about my truck. I'm here to fire you. Earl, with a look of confusion on his face, asks, You can't fire me. I own this business. 
My grandpa shows him the title and says, I'm now the owner of this building. To which Earl fires back, but I got a deal with Harold. And the sheriff speaks up. You do? Do you have a lease? Well, no, Earl says. To which the sheriff smiles and says, in that case, you're going to need to take your stuff and leave. Earl is fuming, but he grabs his toolbox and storms out. My grandpa ended up hiring the mechanic that would occasionally work on his trucks at his concrete business. He had my aunt and grandma run the gas station full time and my dad would work there after school. We owned that garage for 25 years before my grandpa sold it onto someone else. Okay, that's actually pretty incredible. So you're telling me your grandpa prior to this investment in this in this gas station had no interest in buying gas station, but just did it kind of out of spite and was like, yeah, you know what? I might be able to, you know, get a use for this. Didn't really have too many plans for it, but ended up, you know, getting Earl out of a job because he'd, you know, done him wrong in the past. Good stuff. But then also (laughs) offering like careers and lives to the majority of his family, including Opie's dad. So weird. I mean, I love it. What a great career change to say, you know what? Screw Earl. I'm going to buy this gas station and just run it myself and have all my family get involved. Um, but yeah, that seems like a, a massive leap for somebody who just put the wrong engine in your truck. But I love it. You know, this is our slash pro revenge. We do get great revenge on this subreddit. This is definitely one of those. Honestly, I don't even care about the revenge. It's the fact that you actually own this business for 25 years and ran it properly and fully but including your whole family, which is just so perplexing, but also so cool. How you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to run with this now. I own a gas station, motherfucker. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash pro revenge. A couple of great stories there, in my opinion. If you enjoyed them and you are new to my channel, please consider hitting this button right here to subscribe and also turn notifications on so you get notified every time I post each and every day. If you want more from this subreddit straight away, though, you can't wait till tomorrow. Then I've got a whole playlist of my pro revenge videos right here for you. So yeah, go through that, binge watch them all. There's hours and hours of good stories in there for you to enjoy. And with that being said, I will see you guys all tomorrow for a brand new video. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.